I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> I'm Nolly Waterman. I'm Laura Jane Jones. And this, my friends, is the Try Hard Podcast. LJ Tanolly, are you in the country? <laughs> I am, and I also speak English, so you don't need to shout at me. <laughs> well, I didn't know if you perhaps had learnt Swahili or Xhosa or something in your... Or I don't know what other languages they speak. I don't know what language they speak in Dubai. Afrikaans? So, Af- yeah, Afrikaans. Emirati? Um, you're back. Is that a language or is that a people? It's a people. A people? A people? Um, I am back, and have you got over your FOMO? I, I have. I know that you've been enjoying Christmas parties to make up for it. Yeah, I um I've gone hard for the festive spirit. Um, I had my scrum five Christmas lunch last Friday, which, I mean, it was a lunch that descended into anarchy. Obviously, um, and you ended up out 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 out. I thought I was going out, and I went out out. I was wearing a Christmas jumper that both lights up and plays a tune. Wow. Um, yeah, strong. Um, I didn't even know that that was a thing. I remember got. Years ago, because I was playing at Worcester, we had a Christmas social and I found a green velour dress, like deep Christmas tree green. And I went into the charity shop and I was like, oh, I really, and the woman, I came out and she was like, oh my God, it looks magnificent. It was size 14. <laughs> and I literally didn't have the heart to say I'm buying it to be a Christmas tree. And then, I mean, this is so long ago that like battery packed lights were like, the big latest thing yeah so then I tacked on these lights and honestly blew people's minds when I lit up but the poor lady that thought I was like buying something for serious I mean I used to do that all the time in uni I can't believe that they used to think that oh I know like, I've got a nice. um, a tweed jacket from when me and the boys went to Italy for, um, like, went to Rome for Wales, Italy and the Six Nations. And I can remember buying it in Oxfam in Cowbridge and the woman telling me how, how fantastic I looked in this <laughs> men's tweed jacket. <laughs> I, and I was like, oh, thanks so much. She was like, but whether she thought I was having some sort of, like, crisis of identity or what like I, I wanted to be Wurzel Gummidge I don't know but it was absolutely horrendous and she was like you look great <laughs> Mate, I reckon you look like if you were I think you'd actually look like my rubbish bin in my bedroom it's like <laughs> yeah it, no it was that kind of like hessian yeah it was awful and it was like really boxy but the worst thing was we'd all so because it was like oh yeah we're touring you need a tweed jacket so pathetic I was like 19 and Craig, one of my best friends, left it really late and had he's a very slight bloke and he had like a triple XL dog tooth <laughs> sports jacket instead of a tweed jacket. So it just looks and the best thing is there's a photo of all of us in Rome airport arrivals and he's got a carrier bag in his hand instead of like a holdle and this jacket on and it's just But we bought our That's own awesome. actually. It was tool, so tool, tool. it was me and eleven boys from school, and they were school? dressed as coal miners, and I was the only bird, so I was their canary. Ah, how good's that? There you go. Great. I'm fantastic. actually reading a book that 
that I found, oh, sorry about this, in my hotel in Cape Town, the luxury, um, the Bay Hotel. Are you actually the reading the book or you just wanted to drop that in? No, I'm reading The Legacy by Linda Laplante. Laplante? Laplante. Oh, wow. Are you are you pronouncing Linda Laplante's name like she's a, an author you've discovered, not one of the most famous fiction and crime authors from the UK yeah, I, in the I, past I, I 30 years? I must admit, I, I hadn't heard from her, but look, the book... The cover you've never good. heard of Linda Laplante? No, I haven't. Are you joking? No, I must admit, I'm not... I'm not the greatest when it comes to literacy and... Um... Mate, she's written, like, most of the ITV crime dramas. I mean, like... it does say the 30th anniversary edition, so I did presume she's written quite for quite a long time. Anyway, moving on, Cape Town, what a place. Have you actually been to South Africa? No, I haven't. I'm still, like, oh. reeling <laughs> at this Linda LaPlante chat. Like, I actually can't... <laughs> I can't even oh. get my head around the fact that you don't know who Linda LaPlante is. Yeah, no, sorry. Anyway, let's move on. You can come back Have you never watched Prime Um, Suspect? Yes. Linda LaPlante wrote Prime Suspect. Oh, right. Oh, she's good. I like Prime Suspect. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so Cape Town, what a place. And I was staying in the Bay Hotel, which anyone that saw, saw my social media would see it's unbelievable yeah you barely you barely humble bragged about that mate like yeah no i mean i just and the best bit was the fact that when i arrived they they gave me like the most ridiculous rate and the, the person on the reception like couldn't work it out they were like but no one like ever gets it this cheap and was like comp- and they were like and we're going to upgrade you they were literally so disappointed that it was just little old me but um yeah what so you've like decent Oh, I, I had a beach view and it's one of the most, Camps Bay is one of the most epic beaches. Like, the, it's just unbelievable. Um, I might just retweet it as a throwback, but one of the days before the tournament, um, Heather Fisher came over and uh, hung out. I think she was she was in need of someone her own age, el- an elderly woman. Um, and she came up, came up into the room. So Heather always used to be my roommate. And um, she... She thought, she's just such a random girl. Anyway, I got changed into my bikini and she went, oh, wow, is that going to happen to me? And I was like, what? And she went, well, retirement, look at you. And I was like, oh, oh God, cheers, mate. I'm now, like, I'm already stood next to the most hench person on the series. But, um, yeah, cool. Anyway, we were were kind of chatting downstairs and by the pool and we had some sushi and some non-alcoholic daiquiris. It was just like we were literally living a life. It was amazing. And then we went into the pool and we sat there and then, and she was like, I said, do I really look that bad, mate? Like, and she was like, yeah, you don't really look like an athlete anymore. And I was like, okay, cool. And she went, actually, I, you look like an avocado. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God, that's horrendous. So I would describe today... you as an udon noodle, not an avocado, but maybe I'll add that into the... Re- what did I call you the other day? I don't know, something along the lines of udon noodle prawn i don't know but anyway um yeah so the avocado nickname stuck when i saw the re- remaining england girls um later on in the week when i finally got to the team hotel um so yeah good times with my mate heather so i've been in the gym today working on the avocado making sure that i'm uh, i'm changing that status mate it's a lost so. cause like this close to christmas like what's the point like what is the point like i am basically on a diet of advent calendar chocolate and nibbles at this point <laughs> nibbles. Nibbles. what's your favorite christmas nibble that's a great question um i really like um a cheesy dorito dipped in a prawn mary rose like a, like the leftover prawn cocktail that's in the fridge um are you joking no that's your favorite banging. that's your favorite christmas nibble well no but i'm talking about like i'm not talking about like the things that go in the oven like you know karen jones will go to iceland and probably get a chinese <laughs> selection it'll have a couple of wontons in it oh, or a couple of vile like spring Ultimate. rolls um she'll probably go for a mini pie selection as well she'll love that um tell you what i so i went to waitrose yesterday of course you went to uh, i'm like my mum goes to iceland you're like i went to waitrose yesterday only because i had a meeting in twickenham and i 
had to park there. But I went to the counter because I do like a bit of fresh bread. So I went there. But oh, yeah, we can next see that. To the fresh, next to the fresh bread. All right. Sorry. Next to the fresh lover cob. Next to the fresh bread area is the, the bakery. And the, is the yeah the bakery is the like the counter which sells cheese and meats and oh. pork pies. Oh. oh wow! Do you like a gala pie? All right, I don't know what a gala pie is. <laughs> gala pie is like pork pie, but it's got hard boiled egg in the middle. I knew you were going to say that. Comes no. in slices. Don't yeah, like that, no. do you? No, I had a pork pie. Unbelievable, with a decent amount of salad cream today. Jellied um, or not? Uh, I don't know. Probably a little bit. Keep it moist. <laughs> no, but generally they're jellied or not jellied, a pork pie. Yeah, well, have you had the ones with Branson Pickle at the top? No, I haven't, but it sounds like I'd love it. Everything is literally making me salivate. Anyway, should we move on from Christmas nibbles and everything? Oh, I actually was like really getting that... into that then. I was going to say, <laughs> just in case anyone's listening who didn't try it last year, that smooth Branston pickle is an absolute game changer. Really? Like, oh, honestly. Now, one of my biggest things at Christmas is making generally not boxing day because we go big for a boxing day dinner but the 27th making the best possible sandwich you can now we're a three meat family on christmas day we'll be having turkey ham and beef and i like to set myself a kind of mission of making a very very good sandwich smoked cheese always in there sometimes i'll put a little layer of uh, bubble and squeak but the smooth branston pickle good lord elevation God, I- I can't think, I can't see how that's nice because do you drink smooth orange juice as well? I drink either, I'm not fussy. And do you have smooth peanut butter? I prefer all smooth, of these things, I do prefer smooth peanut butter. Yeah, see, all of these things are wrong. Everything, no. have a little bit in it. <laughs> I bet you like yogurts with bits in as well, you do. Yeah, well, we'll leave that there. <laughs> As you're getting quite aggressive, can we go back to the sevens? I know you don't want to talk about it because you weren't there, but I met up with some amazing people and I think we should hear from them rather than our complete waffle on Christmas snacks. Well, seeing as you've brought it up, let's get our first ever American on the pod. Welcome to Abby Gestitis. Amazingly, I've actually never met this player, um, even though I feel like I know her as a best mate because her now fiancé... Puts her all over social media. I'm joined by the wonderful Abby Gostaitis. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome to the Chai Hearts podcast. Um, and captain of the team, um, did the business in your first trip down in Glendale. Um, and then a week later, someone went, went down on one knee. Uh, that is true. Let's not give Corpse too much credit, but absolutely elated. It was a huge week uh, coming off the win. It's hard to say really which was a more memorable moment. Rugby, but, mate, rugby. You know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so it didn't quite go to plan last week in Dubai, um, but you're looking in good nick and you're all ready and set for this week for Cape Town. Absolutely. Tough semi-final against New Zealand, as always. Now tied for number one in the world and came out smashing bronze medal game and finished with that, which was a huge win for the girls. Showed a lot of heart to come back in that. And then we've been asking for this back-to-back tournament for a long time now, so we're stoked to be here and can't wait to kick off tomorrow. And what a place is Cape Town. Absolutely unreal. We are all buzzing being here. The weather, the crowds, just the town. It's it's all amazing. I, I can't and, and actually I haven't commented on the fact that your hair is also amazing. Um, I think I need, I mean, I could have it done and actually get rid of some of these wrinkles. I think I did get quite an affordable facelift today, in fact, with these four braids that a few of us went down to the local hairdresser and had our hair braided right up. I maybe took a few Tylenol to ease the <laughs> tension, but here we are. I don't think a scrum, a ruck, or anything will knock these braids this out. It's going to stay in. <laughs> and actually, I think for people that are listening, because we've got some guys and uh, women that don't play, what is the importance of having like your braids looking good? Honestly, <laughs> look good, feel good, play good is 
a great mantra to go by, but also you can't take the time out of a rugby sevens match to fix your hair. You have yeah. to be everywhere and certainly focusing on the ball, the play, anything besides your hair. Now, talking about you and breakdowns and tackles, you're an absolute machine, but you came to rugby quite late. And like, just talk to me a little bit about young Abby. So before <laughs> rugby, pre-rugby, um, like, what did you used to get up to? Sure. Young, chubby Abby <laughs> was just totting around the basketball court, not getting too physical, staying on the three-point line. Uh, wasn't going to go too far in basketball, to be honest. I have the height for it, and I have some shooting skills. But other than that, not, was getting thrashed. So just a lot of academics. I was really into school and studying, and I wanted to go to medical school. And then I found rugby as a club sport at university and honestly just took it full on. I fell in love with it the first training I went to. What took your heart? Like, what was it that said, yeah, I'm going to do this properly? I think the physicality of the sport was something new to me. I grew up with two older brothers, so I was getting bashed (laughs) around. (laughs) Young Abby was, but... Uh, Also, the respect and camaraderie of the sport is something I immediately fell in love with. Played basketball my entire life. Never did I hang out with the opposition after a game or have a chat with them. It was just staring each other down the entire time until you left the court. So I loved that about rugby and how inviting it is to all women, men, shapes and sizes. And and actually one of the biggest things for me, so I played for a long time um, when it was black and white, but um, as an amateur rugby player. And now you guys are full-time. Um, I know the the main boss lady, Emily Bidewell, um, a good friend of mine, um, she's working super hard to get a program around you guys to push you forward. But talk me through what a, like a week for you as a full-time athlete is, because it's a pretty pretty special place in San Diego. Oh, it's unreal. 75 degrees and sunny almost every day but we train I would be a little bit burnt (laughs) yeah you might (laughs) not good for a freckly white girl but hey (laughs) a lot of sunscreen goes I think half our budget goes to that (laughs) but we train Monday to Friday we have two trainings a day Monday Tuesday Thursday that's field sessions out there learning rugby and conditioning and then we'll hit the gym three or four times a week do contact twice a week Wednesdays and Fridays are going to be our lighter days focused around recovery Friday get one last conditioning in before you earn the weekend and we add in meetings, film, team bonding, all of our meals are together. So we spend a lot of time with one another from about 7 in the morning to 4 or 5 p.m. in the evenings. And what do you actually do on the weekends? Because Corbs is off chatting about rugby on TV with his new found American accent, which is weird. <laughs> but um, like, how do you switch off from it? Uh, a lot of coffee, kombucha, <laughs> yoga, and Pilates is pretty okay. much what my weekend is spent. If not, um, I'll be reading a book at the beach, which is just a couple blocks down from my house. But you actually have done a little bit of media. And how did you find being in front of the camera from that point of view? Was it? Did you like it? Is it something that you can see yourself doing? Because you were looking at medicine. It's obviously a little bit different. Very different. I can tell you I didn't enjoy Alex staring at me from the corner, trying <laughs> to give me pointers. Which I don't take his advice on Rugby 7, so maybe I should take his advice on the media stuff. But I actually really enjoyed it. It was a very cool experience and looking forward to another shot at it. That's cool. Um, so going back to your training, I'm genuinely intrigued. You're quite competitive ladies um, in America, like super athletes, um, love a fist pump, but who is the most competitive in your squad? That is a tough question. We can't even play around a ping pong or a, <laughs> a meeting quiz game without having to go at each other so I don't I think I'm pretty up there in the competitiveness you're you're making eye contact with uh, Mr. Brown Brownie (laughs) after a little input we do have Christy Kershey okay she loves loves a competition and we'll ask you about a thousand questions <laughs> about the <laughs> rules and stipulations. Oh, gosh, one of those. My older brother's <laughs> like that. Um, absolutely loves the rules. And then if you break them, it's like you're literally attacking them. But um, in terms of 
other athletes like there is some phenomenal women on this series um and i love seeing how far the game has gone i i look at it and think could i mix it still and i'm like no no <laughs> i can't um in fact i was with heather fish yesterday and she looked said i look like an avocado so um yeah anyway She's a bit um, <laughs> so you're not allowed to pick her but is there anyone in the opposition that you think i'd love to play alongside i'd love to train alongside um, like who would you pick for me, Vani Polite, I rate her amongst the best. She's an incredible, fierce competitor in every aspect. She has speed, power, physicality, and knows the game really well. So I got to play against her down in Australia the last two years a little bit, and I, she's just a great competitor in Rugby Sevens player. She's the full package. Yeah, no, I completely agree. She is nuts. And I think it was Sydney last season that she did that mad chase back tackle, um, which got them into final, I think. I'm not quite sure, but it was unbelievable. Unreal. Um, but in t like with regards like the opposition, because I mean, I remember spending more time with my teammates in the opposition than I did with my partner back home. Um, <laughs> which maybe you like away from corpse. Um, but anyway, um, how do you look at the opposition? Because interestingly, like I was speaking to Tyler and I said about, you know, do you focus on you? Do, what do you focus, you know, do you analyze opposition um, on the back of their loss to, um, to France? But with America, do you look at individuals? Do you look at teams or do you just focus on you? We mostly focus on ourselves because in the end, that's what we can control. We control what we do on the pitch. But we will have a glance, a scouting report on the set pieces, basically where they generally kick on a restart, so where we can put our prime aerialists, or if they have a certain move they do off of a scrum or a line out and different ways to defend it. But for the majority, it's just strictly focused on us. And and who in the team meetings has got the most amount to say? Like if you're not doing too much, you're talking about yourself, who loves talking about it? <laughs> <laughs> who loves a chat? Apart from Chris, you can't say him. Yeah, <laughs> He's Rani, allowed to talk. Besides the staff, I think Alev loves a chat. She will, <laughs> she will go in on the opposition in every little detail that they have. <laughs> That's cool. And finally, my last question for you. Sevens is a wonderful sport and it takes us all around the globe but what is one thing that you would change about the game of sevens one thing i'd change about yeah. the game of sevens on field off field longer oh, half time <laughs> a longer <laughs> half time i i think i mean i prayed so hard to change the 10 minute final and it's yes. now happened now i've retired but um yeah that was a pretty sweet thing to see but you'd like longer half time just to gather your breath i think maybe Go just again. another minute I got, i'm a sweater <laughs> so i need a dry towel i need a cool towel to cool me off a dry towel again it's, it's quite the process well let abby it's unbelievable to chat to you um i genuinely wish you all the best this weekend although you are in England's pool um I'm sure it will be a magical occasion running out in Cape Town for the first time absolutely stoked thanks so much for having me it's been a pleasure Abby Gostaitis has just walked out of the room having had had her coach looking over her but the reason he was in the room is because he's now joined me Chris Brown welcome to the tryhards thank you very much um and how have you enjoyed the tour so far? Been how's your head? Because you, you are bold. Have you put lots of sun salation on it? Oh, I've been trying. Look, it's, uh, it's been a challenging one. I was vomited on the plane on the, on the way over to Dubai, and then I got here. I've been crook for the last couple of days, and uh, but finally feeling better and ready to take on Cape Town. So. Oh, no. Was there a bug that was going around? Or? I don't know. I think the gill set me up to be poisoned <laughs> or something. You know. it's been, Get rid it's of been coaching, do uh, already. So, yeah. Ah, okay. So, for those that. Um, obviously can tell accents. This isn't an American one, is it? Um, uh, not quite, no. no. I'm working on it because hopefully we'll be American soon, you know. Ah, okay. Get one of those green cards. Um, but as a Kiwi, in like, how did you find yourself in America? Uh, well, long story, well, considering we're in Cape Town, my, uh, my wife's actually from South Africa and this is where I started coaching, uh, which started in 2007. Uh, and long story short, short, went through a few different African nations and um, we moved back to New Zealand and just out of the blue, uh, a guy called Nigel Melville gave me a ring uh, back in 2014 and it was something that we'd never really considered doing, going to America. It wasn't, the, the, the OE or the experience was always going to be Europe, and which is pretty common in New Zealand. Um, but then when the opportunity came and now living in San Diego, it's very, very hard to see ourselves leaving. And uh, I think what I love about the Americans is that the cup half full, not 
not they're not very pessimistic. They generally they, they back. They love themselves. a high five, don't yeah, they? they? They love a high five, and, uh, <laughs> and they'll back themselves. But uh, they also tend to find the uh, positives in things, which is great, you know. And why coaching? So did you like? How did you get to that point? Were you playing and then? get yeah. injured and then pl- coach or what was the kind of process oh quite honestly I got scared of contact <laughs> um, I was uh, yeah, playing through the age groups and started off pretty young at, at premiership like level and, and club rugby back in New Zealand and uh, had a few knocks and niggles but nothing that really should have stopped me from continuing to chase that dream but um, I did notice that I got pretty uh, yeah uh, there's a few different like, there's a couple of different things one from the psychological standpoint I, was, I got so scared of not getting it right uh, that I wish that we'd had the, the, the mental skills coaches that were are available to our girls when I was playing um, and then yeah just the the context had the wear on me so when I had the opportunity to jump into coaching pretty young um, I was pretty excited and I thought maybe I'd come back to it but very quickly realized that yeah you've uh, to play a contact sport you've actually got to like contact <laughs> I don't know there's plenty of people that go through their career without <laughs> liking contact that's for sure um so how old were you when you started coaching then 22 God, that is that is really young then. Yeah, well, I started oh. off as a skills and conditioning coach at a. Did, did you have a full head of hair then? I did, <laughs> I did. Um, yeah, and it was definitely the coaching, not getting married, that <laughs> lost my hair, you know. So. Um, and in terms of coaching, like, what is, I suppose, lots of people talk about the positives, and it is super rewarding. I've coached um, lots of academy ages and coached guys in the summer, which was just wonderful. But what are some of the hardest things that you have to go through? Um, I look, to be fair, I, I don't don't enjoy the travel uh, much at all. Uh, I, Good I choice with the sevens. Yeah, 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 hundred <laughs> percent. And uh, and I've been having this conversation with a few people of late, just in the sense of, you know, trying to really focus on what you are appreciative of, because, uh, like for me, being away from, I've got two kids and, and my wife at home, and uh, and she's very supportive. And uh, I think doing what you love puts you in a better place to be a, a better parent and a better husband. But uh, it, it it isn't nice. Um, when you're away for 19 days, and then I didn't join the military. I uh, I joined the World Series, you know. So yeah. that's probably one of the that, that's that's definitely one of them. And then I think probably the other thing is just um, recognizing that you got 25 players and you got seven staff, or whatever, and and you can have you can build a culture that uh, enhances the unity and build such a uh, camaraderie, etc. But even in that, there's, there's you're finishing on a Friday, and you're like, oh man, it's been a good week, Every, everything's good, and the next thing you find out, now I've got to deal with this. And uh, But that's working with people, and you know, you choose to get into coaching or teaching, you're working with people. And uh, I think for me, learning how to um, not allow every little thing to affect me um, or take it home, it's still something I'm learning. You know. And you said about you wish you'd had the mental skills when you were as a player. How do you lean on as a head coach the other staff? Now, you have literally one of the nicest people in your team manager with Liz. But a psychologist flew in yesterday um, for you guys. And actually, but how, how important is all of that? Because I think as a player, you clearly recognize that that side is really important as someone that is a massive advocate for mental health and well-being. Yeah. Like, how do you make sure that you utilize that? For me personally or with the group? For or both. Because um, I think they tie in. Yeah, they are, 100%. I think you get onto this World Series uh, or any professional level now and, and from a conditioning standpoint, from a rugby understanding, um, it's not going to waver too much between teams, but in the sense of how you allow, you, uh, how you keep yourself in the present moment, and how you actually are able to function, whether it's positive or negative, the thoughts that are coming into your heads or the emotions that you're experiencing, ultimately you can still choose to choose an action that can be very positive out of that. Uh, and so, for me, it's it's the most important a- attribute to me uh, before anything else is having that mental skills coach that uh, that can just allow th- help the girls to be in the present moment so that they can function most effectively and we can get the most out of it. Um, for me personally, it's the same thing. I, I use uh, Peter Harborough from the uh, US Olympic Committee. Um, I wouldn't say as much as much as the players, but uh, definitely a lot um, because I need just as many anchors to try and keep me present. And one of my favourites is uh, sh- she should be doing this, she should be doing this, she should. And, he, and then he went, one of the first things I found out from him was like, as soon as should comes into the mind, the anger comes. And it's uh, so just being able to redirect that has been uh, been a nice little learning. That's that's it's it's fascinating because I think 
so many people look at the players and look at how we can get the 1% out of the players, but it's massively down to what the coach is doing and functioning and how you support that. But in terms of being in America, now we had a catch up in Biarritz and you have at your disposal some of the best athletes in the world in America. And, but they're not necessarily, you know, Abby just told me she started rugby at university. Um, how, how do you embrace the fact that these girls are the most competitive women possibly that you've ever worked with, but, or people that you've ever worked with, but yet so desperate to also become rugby players? Um, well, one of the big things when we came in, when Emily and I uh, started this journey 18 months ago together, um, <laughs> one of the big things that came up in our our cultures, the the what's it called, the acronym, etc. We call it it's brave, okay, and uh, and we had to come up with this with the team. The team came up with what they wanted to stand for, but a big part underlining that was they want to be recognised as rugby players, um, not as athletes or individual athletes. They want to be recognised as rugby players that play as a unit and uh, and uh, 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 yeah, ultimately viewed that way. Um, which I was just like, well, you are rugby players but okay just in the way that and I think a lot of that came down to their um they already had a lot of understanding if they've been playing for like Christy Kirsch has been playing for 13 14 months total uh come from a division one soccer background uh, you know a good all-round athlete very competitive um what she can do out there at the moment is expanded from where she was 12 months ago um and she does what she does very very well but it's all in context to based of where, you know, how much you can learn in the actual time. But a lot of our girls, you know, they've been around now five or six years. I think the biggest thing for me has been helping them understand what they've actually learned in that time and that they can that can be refined into a very simplistic uh, framework so that they can understand it um, and take a lot of confidence that, oh, hold up, we do know all this and where they don't guide them. Um, and now I think we're at a point where they're problem solving on their own uh, with less involvement from us, which is a... a probably no different to where the the Aussies or the, the Kiwis are um, you know a year or two ago um, and we're fortunate that we've got a bit of brunt and power up there too so well to be honest like, we, we overcomplicate rugby we run forward pass backwards and if you if you're really really quick then it works in your favor or on your fit on a sevens field and and actually you girls your girls are dominating they are a feared side you know they were always the team that we knew if you gave them too much possession, they'd absolutely carve up and it would be like stopping a herd of wild <laughs> horses, basically. <laughs> um, how exciting. So you got your first um, series win in uh, tournament win in Biarritz. You backed it up uh, in Glendale. It didn't quite go to plan last week. Threw one away last, last week. Yeah. Yep. And actually, you were the team that I called, which I'm pretty disappointed at. Thanks for that. Yeah, um, but <laughs> in terms of that kind of that feeling from the other nations, are you starting to feel that? Are you starting to see that you are the team that people really don't want in their pool? Or in a quarterfinal or a semifinal? Yeah. Look, I mean, based off the last, what, eight tournaments, I mean, you can understand that from a playoff standpoint. Um, I think for us, is that it's important we don't get caught up in what the opposition uh, are possibly thinking, but you can also get a bit of, uh, what's it called, drive off there. I mean, speaking to the Russian coach, uh, <laughs> you're just like, you guys are just so disciplined, so, so much better, like, you know, and, and you can just see that as long as we go out there in the first three minutes and we women, don't give me any like, hope of that got an opportunity, then we've probably won that game by, like the Kiwis have for so many years, just walking to the tunnel, um, as long as we diffuse, it, uh, diffuse any opportunity in that first three or four minutes. Um, and I think we can, we, can, we can use that a lot. I don't think that's the case with the, the top four or five sides, um, but I, I, I've got no doubt that we're doing enough to, to make them think this is going to be very, very tough. And if they don't get their own house in order, then, you know, it's, it might not be their day. So, And, and actually talking about the athleticism and, and why teams don't kind of want to play you guys. Abby is a big lady. There, there are some big women. I mean, you're not the biggest of guys. How do you feel about standing in that halftime huddle and these... These women are like towering over you. Is there anyone who, before you knew them that were you a little bit intimidated by? Well, <laughs> you know why Nicole Hevelin's in the squad? No. Apart from, it's all so it makes me feel taller. <laughs> you know, so, no, um, I shouldn't say that. She'll take that to heart. I'm only joking, Nicole, okay? Um, yeah, no, look, I mean, Alona Ma, uh, we've just brought in a bigger one. Um, how, Etty, how? 
big is Alona Mark? Uh, around 200 pounds, a five foot ten. Um, Jordan's and can shift and can shift and uh, and and Jordan's what she's five eleven or six foot. Um, and you know they're they're big girls and and we just we bought a bigger one in with Etty. Um, and and she's. The way they move is, uh, yeah, the, the athletic girls that um, we're just blessed with size, and uh, and they embrace it too. They're not, sh- they're not, not shy. Yeah. And have you have you ever had to um, hold a tackle pad and got absolutely smashed, oh. or do you just leave that to the girls? Um, yeah, <laughs> I leave it to the girls. A, a, a lady called you might know from the 15th, Hope Rogers. Um, yeah. Yeah, yes, I, I do. I've held the women <laughs> Place pitch Yeah, yeah. Um, and she played in a number of stops in the seven series for a couple of years, and. Uh, yeah, I've had to hold a hit shield for her, which was pretty uncomfortable. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just interested, last few questions around the season is um, culminating through, you've got six stops of the HSBC World 7 Series with the men. We've had, this is our third, but actually next year is the Olympic Games. And did that come as part of the package as a coach of America? Were you, just, were you always just going to step into the Olympic role as well? Because with Team GB, obviously they recruit, and it's a separate thing. No, yeah, it's part, it, of, the it's part of the package. So. And how does that feel to know that you have signed up to a deal that is going to allow you to be a head coach at an Olympic Games? You know, I know you're in Rio and you're working with the boys, but you've seen the light and you've come to the women's game. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> um, but how does that feel? Like, how do your family respond? Are they super proud? Like how? That, that's that's so cool because you're grinning back at me right now. Yeah, I mean, I think my brother summed it up quite nicely after Brits, and uh, I was caught up in the detail of getting frustrated through the quarterfinals, and then the, and then obviously we won the event, and that was very special, and the way we did it in that, that last game. Um, the girls carved up. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and and implemented a couple of things that we'd really been trying to for the last couple. Only in one game for the whole keep Alev, season. Keep Alev on the field. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Won't mention one. the cards. <laughs> um, but just the way that he was—I hadn't seen him for a year—and and the way that he was responding kind of brought some perspective to to the opportunity that I have. And I knew coming in when um, once the USA Rugby decided to make a change, and they approached me that. Um, I was just like, uh, for a couple of years, I've been saying these guys could be, these guys could be, you know, uh, gold medal contenders, but um, they need to be directed and given, you know, and build a culture that will enhance the likelihood of it happening. Um, and uh, then once you get the opportunity, it's like, oh, why did I say that? Do, do I really think it? And uh, so, yeah, I'm very, very excited, but I think, you know, I was told to come in here and I have these things that I have to achieve. And I was like, okay. And we did it last year with one, uh, in one season, so let's hope we can do it again this season. So. Well, look, I, as I said with Abby, I wish you all of the best for this year. I think you're doing a wonderful job over in America, um, employing Warren, working uh, with uh, Emily. And um, although I really don't want you to do too well against England in the pool, um, I really hope this season is magical for you. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That interview with Chris Brown 
what a nice guy. Yeah, unbelievable. It was really cool to chat to both of them. Like, Abby is an unbelievable athlete. She's literally, like, seven foot tall, Same, like, yeah. unbelievable legs. And I was, like, this little dumpling that <laughs> waddling next to her. Um, but, yeah, both of them. It was really it was fascinating to actually chat to both of them and to also hear that Chris um, coached from such a young age, I yeah. think, is a really cool kind of story that you don't necessarily have to be a top-level player to be, like, a banging coach. Yeah. Um, I do love the fact anyway. that you asked me about the Olympics as well because I don't think it's something that's necessarily tangible to us as Europeans as how important the Olympics is to North Americans. Like, if you are an Olympian and, and you're on a Wheaties box, you are, you are an Olympian for life and it is such a, a big deal to them. I know I've had this conversation with some of the girls on the Canadian team before and they those usa girls will be going for gold in a big way like they're not there to make up the numbers they're not there to you know get a lower step on the podium behind the black ferns they are going to win a gold medal like that is their raison d'etre and this is such an exciting season because it culminates with the games i know and to be fair i think what they're doing and what he's done the fact that they've got warren abraham's the kind of how they're performing is actually going towards being it being a realistic goal as well which yeah. is you know a credit to Emily and and all of them like in terms of the in terms of the work that goes on behind the scenes with America um so yeah fair play to them it's really nice to hear from them but um I know that well I could hear down the phone that you're still salivating because you're so interested in the Christmas nibbles chat aren't you yeah I, I <laughs> had meant to bring this up with you just like over text during the week um, but now that we've got the chat going on the pod, I may as well ask you, have you had the um, Marks and Spencer's Christmas sandwich yet? No. Is, to be fair, talking about Christmas sandwiches, if anyone wants any regular updates on a good, solid Christmas sandwich and ratings, Kate Alder, Wasps club captain, yeah. is unbelievable. She does a whole spreadsheet. It is literally... Um, it's so entertaining on our Insta stories and stuff. Yeah, she claims to work really hard, but but yeah, yes, they love a Christmas sandwich I'm in our office. But no, I haven't. Has it got has it got cranberries in it? A very small amount. Now, for me, and this no. will surprise a lot I'm of out. listeners. Wait, it'll surprise a lot of listeners. I don't like the Greg's festive bake because there's nothing worse for me than get a mouthful of cranberry sauce in that. It, it, it's got a very poor balance of sweetness and savoury and you never know what to expect. Whereas the M- this is the thing with this year's M&S Festive Sandwich. They have absolutely nailed the amount of sweetness required in there. It's barely there, but it's enough. <laughs> it's kind of like your, uh, your humour, yeah? Your banter. <laughs> barely Thank there, you. But, <laughs> but one thing I will say about the M&S Festive Sandwich as well is that a proportion of the sale goes to shelter. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, really cool. I, um, I, I cried at the TV today for the age, concern and loneliness advert. Oh, wow. Like, it actually breaks my heart to know that people are, like, sad and lonely. I know. Um, Mate, whilst you're away, like BBC Breakfast had this old fella on who hadn't spent Christmas with anybody for like 15 years and please don't go back and watch it because it'll destroy you. Oh. Absolutely. Well, there's a, there's a happy, 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 happy night. Um, oh, I'll tell so, you how we can cheer this up. What's that? The happiest man in rugby. Why don't we get another guest on? <laughs> to be fair... He was even happy when I tackled him into the swimming pool in front of tens of thousands of people. Um, honestly, one of the funniest moments of my ambassadorial career. Um, in fact, I uh, I sent the photo reel to uh, to Sven, who looks after all of the program. He's like head head boss man, and uh, I just put you're welcome. <laughs> I actually did see that he was... had he had uh, commented on the pictures <laughs> on Instagram saying that they'd bitten off more than they can chew with you as an ambassador and that they would be reviewing it and that he's sorry that Brian had to go through that. I've given away who the guest is. Um, He is one of the ultimate tryhards in life. He's been begging to come on this podcast. Begging us. Um, And now here he is. Welcome to the pod, Brian Habana. I've made my way to Cape Town Stadium. Uh, it's day two, no, day three, in fact, and I finally pinned down not the king of Cape Town, but apparently the king of South Africa, Mr. Brian Habana. 
Danielle Waterman, first of all, you haven't just made your way down to <laughs> Cape Town Stadium, you've made your way down to South Africa, to Cape Town for the first time ever, and you got treated pretty well, I, I'm hearing, your first few days. All right, I'll say thank you in the podcast, officially, um, you have sorted me out with <laughs> potentially the best hotel in Cape Town, um, yeah, unbelievable scenes down there. Apparently you also got to upgrade. Yeah, I got it. What was ridiculous? So everyone listening, I basically arrived um, pretty tired from a uh, from a trip via Joburg, and uh, yeah, they they instantly upgraded me. They said they looked at me like because it had VIP next to my name. They thought no chance is this little rat woman from England. Um, they couldn't work it out. I obviously didn't drop the name in because I, you know. It's keeping it cool. So you, um, you claim the VIP? Yeah, okay. everywhere oh, I went, no, breakfast VIP, <laughs> poolside VIP. Absolutely brilliant. That's, that's, yeah. that's how we welcome. So yeah. I, I do Please I tell more of the British people how cheap it is and they're allowed to come to South Africa and spend their pounds and euros. I mean, obviously, uh, it, that's what we need. Our financial system's not quite where we want it to be, so please relay the message. You know what? Would it cost you like 10 quid for like four nights in like a uh, five-star hotel? Yeah, honestly, I am... Um, I actually can't believe it. So, like, it is my first time in South Africa, and I've been blown away. And I, I knew it was going to be beautiful. I knew the people would be great, but it, it's beyond that. And uh, I mean, you set quite a low standard for South <laughs> Africa. <laughs> oh my word! Um, but anyway, are we, we going to be speaking to HSBC about your contract renewal? <laughs> oh, sorry, I've got it. You haven't. Um, so we have hung out for the last two weeks. We have uh, best buddies. What has been the highlights? So we've had Dubai Sevens. We're now in Cape Town. What do you reckon? So, in my first year on the ambassador roster for HSBC, I got um, taken under the wing by Brian Driscoll. You had the absolute privilege of getting taken under the wing by myself and the legend that is George Gregan. I honestly didn't think, first and foremost, that you were going to tackle me in front of people. <laughs> And secondly, that you were going to get me up on a stair, on a chair, in the premier suite at the Dubai Sevens, reacting and interacting with a song you made me do in front of 60 other people earlier in the week. <laughs> and now that video of me doing I'm a little teapot <laughs> on a chair in the premier suite has gone viral. Thank you very much, Daniil. That is a highlight of You my are year. very, very welcome. And actually... Um, I remember one of the questions in the Premier Suite and someone basically said, like, what, like, last year was, like, relatively calm. It wasn't too hectic. What's happened? And I was like, basically, women's rugby has arrived. <laughs> Lowered the that, tone. That is, that um, dragged you down. You weren't well, kicking Well, to be honest, let's, let's be fair. It wasn't dragging me down. I think we had an absolutely brilliant energy between the three of us. We ended up having our own nicknames in day two of our Dubai trip. Um, I became Mr. Teapot because of the story that we've just relayed. You had a pretty interesting <laughs> logistical. Oh wow! <laughs> I never knew to Dubai. I never knew. So I like you know HSBC are awesome. To be fair, they I like was super excited. I was actually on the phone to my best mate back home, Dion. Arrived at the airport a little bit late, thinking I've got an up. I've got business class ticket I'll cruise in I'll like feel a million dollars, and I arrive and they're like, there's probably not space on the flight for you, and I'm thinking oh no like this isn't good like I've got to work tomorrow morning and thinking that can't happen surely and they said don't worry actually we found your seat it's a double downgrade um, <laughs> yeah anyway and then it w I eventually got on the plane and um, arrived to a sign that said Mr. Danielle but um, <laughs> so I was Mr. Danielle George Gregan told us probably the most long-winded story about being chased by crows and uh, he became the crow so Mr. Crow it was Mr. Crow. it's actually quite a shame that he's not here it is a shame we he went from a, a trio to a duo the thing that obviously George is the ultimate professional um, in any engagement he does, you know, whether he's had a few in or just engaging. He, he literally, like, he looks pristine. 24 I don't know. I, I don't know. After he had a, a rose well, gloss after Ky a couple of Kylie Minogue can't, it was all good. But it was absolutely brilliant. And you know, the start of a very pioneering seven series where six of the eight women's tournaments are interjoined with the men's on the main field. And they're getting to display. Not the growth of women's rugby, but that women's rugby has without a doubt arrived on the biggest scene in, in world of sevens. And to be honest, to have seen them gracing the sevens field here in Cape Town for the first time ever has been absolutely brilliant. And the display they've been putting on has been amazing to watch. Absolutely amazing. And actually on that, um, you know, South African women's rugby doesn't get the support it, it deserves. Um, for you, how proud of you are you... Of 
of, the, of your country, not only embracing the women's game and bringing them to this wonderful stadium, but also supporting the Blitzbok women, um, how they have? So the Blitzbok women are called the Mbokodo. Um, it's just the what name. What does that mean? It's, it's, I think it comes from the 19... It comes during the struggle um, in the apartheid era, and it, it actually literally means, if my memory serves me correct, like a stone crushing, like a stone breaking, or that action of a stone being broken. Right. Um, and it comes from the women in, in, in the struggle um, actually standing strong. I think it was 1970-odd. I can't oh, stand wow. it. I didn't realize it was... And it actually meant for women of all you know, colors, races, um, you know, standing together and being the rock that can't be crushed. Um, so the Mbukodo are the, are, the, are the women's sevens team. And as the tour goes around the world and the series you know gets to places where you know women's rugby is growing um you know the Imbukodo haven't ha- been afforded the opportunity so they're not quite as professional as the, all the other women's sevens teams around the world and for them a disappointing you know weekend and you know losing you know all their matches but getting to play in front of their home crowd getting to show that you know they really want to participate in this beautiful game that is sevens rugby was absolutely in- incredible for us as you know south africans to see your national women's team um going out there and you know putting their bodies on the line as m- well as they did was absolutely mind-blowing so hopefully it's the start of you know better and more in-depth development for them you know they're getting to play against the best teams and you know, when you come up against the black ferns on the seventh circuit for your <laughs> first, first game, game. <laughs> first game so brutal. it was so brutal but you know they got that opportunity and and i think this will be a learning lesson that will stand them in good stead so i think for them you know to be in this stadium is something you know some of those young ladies and, and women actually dreamed about their whole you know their whole lives and to be able to do that in front of their home crowd at on the biggest stage in the sevens you know in the sevens environment was was pure class and Again, it's now only the start, hopefully, for them. They're unfortunately not being able to afford the opportunity to go to the Olympics. South Africa have a lot of other... Interesting um, decisions. Interesting um, decisions that are made that are out of the players' hands. And it's not just the sevens women's. It's across the board on on various different sporting codes. So, again, it's a start. And, you know, as the sevens series continues to grow, you know, it's in the pioneering season where world rugby are sort of feeling out how it actually approaches it's an olympic year so tournament structures are, are different it's a three-day tournament instead of a two-day tournament um, we went on a stadium tour yesterday where it got told that the women's facilities are potentially a little bit small so for next year already improvements are looking to be made at at this stadium which is probably one of the best seven stadiums oh, um, to host in, in the world so it was really great and obviously it's been a fantastic year for south africa the Springboks did incredibly well in japan the blitz box are doing incredibly well in this tournament after winning Dubai last week so exciting times and what does it mean to have the sevens world cup coming yeah. here because interestingly someone asked me well you play on a world series so why do you want a world cup yeah. but but what does that mean to the nation because actually bringing even more countries here the diversity in the crowd already I mean yeah. it's very South African but there yeah. are little pockets of different mm. flags um, what do you think that that will do I think a World Cup for any country is absolutely amazing. You know, the, the unfortunate thing about a Sevens World Cup is over the course of a few days and then it's done and dusted just by the mere format of what Sevens is about. So um, I'm not sure whether it's you know sort of a hand-me-down after not winning the Rugby World Cup 2023. <laughs> um, but we do now get, get the opportunity to bring the Sevens environment you know, on the pinnacle of, of the game to Cape Town at a stadium that probably out of all the stadia on the seven circus is the most accommodating in terms of the size of the change rooms. We saw the players' lounge yesterday, which no other stadium on the circuit has. It's absolutely incredible. It's unbelievable. Those uh, beanbags, <laughs> they're, they're like, they're basically the size of most people's flats in London. Just a no, beanbag. It, it was incredible. <laughs> it's like I'm, WrestleMania style. It's <laughs> the first time I'd ever done the tour, and the first time I've actually been at the Cape Town Sevens. I've you know, having been in France for five years, I've never been afforded the opportunity. All right, let, you, let your playing so career go, um, Brian. <laughs> I have let it go, but it's actually like I've never been able to be part of my yeah, of yeah. The Cape Town tour. I was in PE, I went to George on, on a few occasions, but okay. this stadium and, and the atmosphere, and, and you got to witness you know, when the Blitzbox ran out yesterday oh, against, against wow. Fiji, what this crowd embraced. And you know, we got a, a massive quarterfinal in, in just a few minutes where South Africa are playing against Kenya. And I'm, and I'm probably guessing there'll be about 80% of the stadium pretty full. So for me to be a, to be a part of it is absolutely special. And to see Sevens growing globally. You know, we were in Dubai last week where we did the Player Pathway program that HSBC support. 
They've been on the youth development program from a rugby structure in the UAE, where it's now part, officially a part of the academic curriculum, which is absolutely fantastic. The we tag did, rugby we here. Did the HSBC tag Getting rugby. stepped by ten-year-olds is a bit shameful. Ten? I was. I, thought I got stepped by a seven-year-old. <laughs> um, yeah. And then you decided <laughs> to just tackle me to make you feel better. Um, but in terms of like our ambassador stuff, to be fair, it is actually pretty decent to hang around with an eight. Well, I don't know. You are an A-class celebrity, but it's such a pain. You just don't stop having photos. I mean, you've got a good smile, but oh my God, painful. But actually, I think one of the coolest things about doing the last two, doing the two legs and being over here for such a long time is actually all of the um, other stuff that HSBC do away from the elite game and meeting so many employees that are super passionate about what they do. Yeah. They love the fact that they're, they're aligned with the rugby. Um, just quickly, in terms of the reading, the tag, the different, the grassroots stuff, mm. what's been, what has been your highlight, apart I from hanging out with I me? Thank you, you touched on it briefly, Nolly. It's, I think first and foremost, you know, a lot of the rugby values are things that really align with those values of HSBC as, as a corporation. They've been a part of the Sevens environment for 10 years now, and you know, to put that in context, you know, 10 years of growth, of development, not only of the game of rugby, but of grassroots, of sustainability. And we were incredibly fortunate to you know, have this program of reading to kids that are potentially very illiterate. You know, they're in a, a refugee status of a downward spiral and they actually have nothing to get out of them. All of a sudden you have you know, 30 volunteers from, you know, from the company spending an hour a week for six months um, just giving back. And I think for us, the platform that rugby's given us to be able to inspire, give back, and you know, hopefully instill a bit of hope. You see this company, HSBC, you see their branding, and yes, it's great, but what they're actually doing from the grassroots level all the way to the elite level is incredible, and it allows us and ambassadors that platform to engage, potentially on a level that we wouldn't have been afforded to, um, whether they're speaking to corporates, you know, a B2B principle, B2C principle, but then from the sustainability and you know, give back aspect, to be able to really be able to make a difference and see kids and, and teach kids and allow those values. And even your boy. <laughs> yeah, little Timmy was there. Um, he did cry much like I did at the World Cup. To um, be fair, <laughs> I got him, to, I was like doing this little one, like sidestep drill, yeah. and uh, just like his dad. He didn't step me, he just burned me. He did this like massive arc around me. I, I've taught him um, well, I've taught him well. I've taught him well to run away from Australia. And he, he's here today. He is here today. We're actually gonna get dressed up in the same outfit. So his fifth birthday was a Big Hero 6 birthday party and he absolutely fell in love with Baymax, the character from Big Hero 6. And I love spending time with my kids and love interacting. And I actually bought myself a Baymax outfit. <laughs> So getting in the true seven spirit. Getting in the true seven spirit. But I can't I'm believe you didn't bring your bestie anything to wear. I've got to wear this HSBC polo that you know I'm I'm loving. I did a little shout out last pod to ask if anyone could come up with anything other than a polo shirt for me to wear, then I'm in it. But you've just sorry. I thought right you were going up. in a one piece. You're a little bit sunburned from, <laughs> from your. It's it's a bit blotchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I had I had a few issues with my suntan lotion application, but um, I'm going to let you go because you're days. super important, and actually, Hello. you need to go and get dressed and uh, go and enjoy some rugby. Let's go enjoy some rugby, and hopefully it's not your last time in Cape Town. I can't promise any upgrades or five stars. Well, you set the standard now. I don't yeah. expect anything less. Um, you Mr. will Havana. you will you will be charged more the next time. I'm <laughs> I'm going to be asking agents commission at least fifteen percent. Mr. Havana, thank you for coming a try-hard. Try-hard all the way. Thank you, Nolly Waterman. Well, thank you for that, um, Big B. Um, Are you impressed by the fact that I, I'm actually learning how to interview people? I mean, with Brian, it was a bit more of a chat, but I'm getting there with the old equipment as well. You are. I can't wait till you start editing this to take it off my hands. <laughs> Need to keep you busy. Need to keep you busy. Keep me busy, that's it. Um, um, speaking of being busy, uh, I think I've got to go and do a football shoot on Monday. So, oh, yeah, strong Tottenham, Tot Totten nice. Tottenham. Am I saying that right? Um, no. um, <laughs> I am coaching joking. this weekend. Uh, Centre of Excellence, back with my under eighteen girlies. In fact, um, yeah, I, it should be a good day. We've got a nutrition workshop with a bit of a 
Um, I was going to say can't cook, won't cook, but that's probably a few years ago. A bake-off. There we go. We've got a bit of a bake-off. Do you want me to come in and, and give them a little crisp, Christmas nibbles chat? Is no, that... we, don't, we don't want Christmas nibbles. Okay. Um, although I will be talking about the fact that maybe don't put a whole bag of crisps out. Like my mum does, she puts them in a small bowl, which then irritates me because I have to get up and go to the cupboard and fill it up but um yeah I've got a bit of coaching and actually talking about Tyrrell's premier 15 yeah. and crisps <laughs> oh I like what I'm you not, did there yeah oh tenuous link sorry about that um oh my god Sari's came back from a 24-0 deficit last weekend and beat Quinn's at the stoop unreal unbelievable yeah um, apparently really good atmosphere like really good game um fair play to them and and actually it shows like the two top teams at the moment in terms of the teams that have recruited the most have got the most back in they can have a really good game and go yeah. hammer and tong um but the other news which really surprised me is the fact that bristol lost to dmp yeah um Bit of a bolt who are now that one. yeah who are now sitting middle of the table so yeah they recruit they recruit quite well this year they've got quite a few scots um tamara taylor is back uh, fit and playing and, and obviously leading the way so yeah I guess the other um, thing to talk weekend. about with regard to Tyrrell's teams is that Quinns obviously have their big game against Leinster um, back to back with the boys don't they on Boxing Day day after Boxing Day 28th I think it's, it's pretty cool it, it shows um, it shows massive ambition actually from Adidas and that's how this has come about so Adidas are obviously kit makers at Quinns yeah and they're kit maker at Leinster and they've been one of the kind of driving forces behind it um, which I think just shows, you know, a huge brand like that, their kind of investment into the women's game. And, you know, that's a, a really cool occasion for them to be part of. Yeah, no, it is really cool. And it was nice to see um, Rachel and Sene doing the, the media and like they play together at Quinn's. Um, yeah. So having a bit of banter. And, yeah, Sene is who fan of the pod, but is just a fan of being the world's happiest person. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was out. She actually came over to Cape Town. So the um, International Rugby Players Association had big meetings about laws and all sorts of stuff on Monday. So they were there doing their thing. It must be um, quite interesting because uh, Berth and Sene are on the same side when it comes to things like that. And now they're going to be up against each other on the pitch. So Yeah, it'd be interesting to know whether they go 12 and 12. Right? Yeah, well, Sene's plays, I, I personally think she's better at 13. She needs a bit more space to, to do some damage. But anyway... Um, yeah, all happening in the women's rugby world. Congratulations to New Zealand for getting back-to-back titles on the sevens. Go um, on, the girls. Although, oh, heartbreak. I literally, you know, I'm a little bit emotionless, which is a bit weird when I watch rugby. Yeah. I was literally prowling up and down when England played New Zealand in seven, women's sevens. Was that because and... I didn't see it? I just saw the Extra results. Time. Were they unlucky or were New Zealand kind of... Sometimes they play oh, a bit of no. cat and mouse with people. What was the story there? Um, England's defence was outstanding. Meg Jones had the game of game of the two weeks from her perspective from England team. Um, yeah, they, they just... They played the rugby that we all know that they can. And it was really nice. It was good to catch up with Charlie Hayter afterwards and the girls. And they, you know, obviously absolutely devastated, but at the same time, proud that they had finally put that performance together because they really didn't play well on day one yeah. um, and felt like they'd let themselves down. So, yeah, it was good to see them backfiring. And, and actually, it's a message to the other teams when you put a performance like that against New Zealand. And, you know, New Zealand, is, they're missing, like, their their captain with your bestie um and Portia yeah. and Michaela Blyde and they're still winning tournaments but yeah it's um I don't know it, it was it was fun it was awesome to see South Africa perform um obviously in the hospitality got to speak to quite a lot of South Africans who were kind of quite disappointed in the women until I re- kind of put them straight with regards to the fact that they don't really get any support no. they aren't on the world series they haven't played on the world series as for we've a good heard from brian in the interview they are um you know kind of grossly underfunded but there is now a recognition yeah. that you know it's important to put money into it yeah but anyway all in all was an epic trip i feel um super proud of being part of the HSBC gang, cool to hang out with Mr. Banner, got to see his little ones, um, and uh, 
and uh, yeah, had a good time. And but obviously missed you, oh. missed you so much that I think we're going to do another. Are we going to do another pod before Christmas? Yeah, I, I think see... we're going to try and see each other, aren't we, in the next few days? Because the distance is starting to really wear thin on our relationship. <laughs> I also have got Christmas presents to bestow upon. Um, Koya. <laughs> well, actually, like more so um simone but um i'm sure i'll find i'll i can re-gift you something oh in fact i could probably give you what i got for my secret santa from the uh, bbc sport christmas party oh yeah it... i wonder how many people re-give their secret santa presents well Either i would be re-giving mine mine, mine said sexy santa on the label at which point i knew that the um contents was going to have come from a shop that has a bunny as its logo um a rampant one so yeah it was an interesting i, I love I, do you know what i really enjoyed opening that gift in front of a table full of people wearing paper hats so thanks to whoever my secret sexy santa was and on that note bye for now try never dad goodbye imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.